Hello, hello, hello. My name is Trent Soto, and this is The Teacher's Tea. On this segment, we are going to take a look at the actions of children in early childhood education classrooms and how those actions could be an indicator of the be- their behavior as they get older. So to preface this research, I'm going to explain why I wanted to look into this. The student that I've been observing throughout the semester has severe behavior issues. Throughout the semester, I've seen his behaviors just continually get worse and worse, and I want to know if this is an indication for behavior he may exhibit, say, in 10, 15, or even 20 years. So when I looked into the research, the results I found were very inconclusive. And one article that I found, it's from 2017, um, it's entitled Early Childhood Predictors of Severe Youth Violence in Low-Income Male Adolescents, and it's by Sitnik Shaw, Weaver, and others. And it found that when compared to factors of family income at 18 to 24 months, rejecting parenting at 18 and 24 months, oppositional behavior at 18 months, emotion regulation at 42 months, and minority status, the only significant correlation they saw with behavior was family income at 18 to 24 months. There was a much higher rate of violent male adolescents from a lower socioeconomic status household, but I don't think that we should take that information with a heavy heart. It seems the research was looking into situations that happened specifically in inner cities. So the majority of the people they looked into came from an area which is traditionally lower SES. The researchers should have expanded their search to make it more inclusive of all SES statuses. Um, So when comparing to our friend in pre-K, I don't think it's fair to link his lower socioeconomic status to his behavior he might exhibit when he's older. We talked before about how he is, in fact, from a lower socioeconomic status household. However, I think there are greater factors than that to explain his behaviors as he gets older. One of those factors being that his father isn't present. Some research we looked at previously by Bachneck and Dayton showed us a correlation to a father's presence and self-regulation. I believe that connection is far more important than his family's income from the ages of 18 to 24 months. And looking at the research and back on the past couple weeks I've spent in this classroom, I also believe that this child should be tested for ODD, or Oppositional Defiance Disorder. Um, Oppositional Defiance Disorder is a disorder where children are defiant towards authority figures. So I could see this really being this case for our friend, because he doesn't like to listen to his teachers, but he really likes my attention, and he consistently asks me what he should do in the classroom. He doesn't view me as an authority figure, and rightfully so, being that I'm only there one day a week. I I think this is solid evidence to maybe there is a reason behind his behaviors. So I think that the next step for him would be to get tested for this and then get him on a plan so he can get those behaviors under control while he is still so young. So leaving here, I want to leave off with a question. And how do we hold our students accountable for actions that aren't necessarily their fault or they have a disorder that enables these behaviors? Because I think that's a really fuzzy spot, especially in education, where there are students who are misbehaving for attention or students who are misbehaving because they really can't control it and there is an underlying factor. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Teacher's Tea. This is Trent Soto signing off.